Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Well, don't look now, but the Flyers are on a five-game win streak second in the Metropolitan, and pushing for the playoffs. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 162 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for joining us, as always, each and every week during the season. I am Bill Kornfeld. That is Scott Weinhardt. Man, this has been a heck of a week, a true tester of a week, uh, they the flyers have put uh put my foot in my mouth by their exceptional play i mean truly uh they they didn't sit down tonight against an inferior opponent against the columbus blue jackets manned up and went up against the defending stanley cup champions and winning in against vegas really their best game of the week in my opinion was against carolina on what was that wednesday night scott i'll just turn to the floor to you because you have been so adamant about how this team would perform this season and as always I told like I I adhered to your vice late and I took the over on DraftKings Sportsbook sign up promo code THPN uh when signing up to uh help us out over 75 and a half points they're already at 21 I'm feeling freaking fantastic okay do you want to continue uh, eating your food? Eating no, your this is this is where I'm kicking it to you. Kick you. It Go, me? yeah. Okay. Um. So I I like to reinstate my nickname if possible. If you know what I'm, if you catch if you pick it up what I'm putting down, you know. If you go ahead, what's my nickname? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I see what mm-hmm. you're getting at. Let me now turn the page to Hoxtradamus Scott Weinhardt. Uh, thank you. Yes, Hoxtradamus. Yes, of course. I've been calling it all along. I've been saying it all summer. This team is better than you think, and now you're starting to see it. You know, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. When do teams start showing their true identity? Right around the getting to the holidays. I'm not talking about just Christmas. We're saying this is the time of season. Really between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when you start to see a team really show their true colors. And for the Flyers, this five-game win streak is impressive because it's the first time they've done this in four years. Which is which is huge. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, it's absolutely huge. They have not done this since November into December of 2019. That's pre-COVID. So uh, I, it, it, they, they haven't had a five-game win streak in four years. That's how low this team had gotten. But this is a great this is a great start to the season for them. I'm thrilled. I, I, re- I really am because you watch this team, and even like tonight, like. We're recording this after they just beat Columbus. 
what what I really loved about watching them tonight was seeing like in the third period, they're up a goal, they're pressing. I'm sorry, right before connecting scores, they're pressing. Columbus is pressing and pressing. They just skated against the best team in the league the day before. And in the third period, I see Nick Delorier literally diving to block a shot. Like those little minute details you see in a game, that's when you know a team is really buying into what their coach is selling them and really buying into the team concept. Because look, Konechny was one on two down low before he scored that that um, that fourth goal. He had nowhere to go with it. He took a shot on that. Like two years ago, he would have made a try to make, try to force a pass there rather than take the shot. But he took the time, saw his options, so he didn't have anything, shot at the net, and guess what happens? When you shoot the puck, good things happen. There are a lot of small details in the Flyers game right now that you may not see, be seeing every single moment you watch, but there's little things I'm picking up like here and there and here and there, and I'm like, damn, like this team is actually really coming along. They're as, you know, they're I you know, the other night I was playing COD with my buddies. I said, this team is starting to get it. And, he, and, I, and they were like, what is this, your new hashtag? And I'm like, that's a great idea. They're starting to get it because they really are. The team is starting to get it. And as fans watch this team, this is part of the growth. This is part of the development. We're riding a high right now. They've won five games in a row. Do I expect them to win 10 in a row? No. Do I expect them this to happen again sometime this season? I don't know, but ride the high right now. Like, get excited about it. Especially... Because- I mean, especially like this upcoming schedule and and JJ on the broadcast tonight brought it up. I didn't even notice this. Tonight was the beginning of an exceptionally long stretch of not just games coming up, but particularly Metropolitan games. Like it's it's seven straight games against Metropolitan opponents. So, yeah, I agree with you. They're not going to win every one of these, but they should convert more than 50 percent look towards 60, 70% of point, points opportunity over the course of these seven games and see what you can get from it. Because this is where uh, standings truly matter. This is like in-division games in the fo- in football. Like These are four-point swings. These are f- the, the next, even though it's only 14 points in the standings, in reality, it's 28 points. You legitimately need to come out of this with a minimum of 10 points. 10 out of the next 14 points. You're giving yourself two losses there. Like, you know what I mean? Or like a, a loss and two overtime, whatever. You're giving yourself two losses in the next seven games. I mean, chances are it's going to happen. You're you're playing the playing the Islanders who are you're starting to push back a little bit. You're playing the Devils. You're playing the Hurricanes again. You're playing some good teams. I don't expect to beat them all. You, you don't expect the team to beat them all, but you expect them to really outplay teams. See, like last year, they would have played down to Columbus's level. Columbus is performing horribly this season, or really underachieving. Nine straight losses. Mike Babcock yep. situation. Yeah, the whole Mike Babcock situation. You know, the Flyers played down to the Sharks' level, and that's why they lost last week. But I think there was a real big wake-up fall for this team. If you can remember back in 2019, when the Flyers lost like seven to one to Pittsburgh early in the season, and everybody started being like, "Oh my God, this is terrible," and then they went on a winning we streak. We talked about that. I did. I distinctly remember we were still recording in studio down at you know, old city. And I was like, this is an exception of how this is an example of how this team's going to play this year. And then they got under AV's uh, wing for that stretch there. And they, and they managed to make the playoffs. So yeah, I don't, I, 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 it's always, it's always tough to balance what's real and what's, um, what's 
like minutia. What's what's what what do you have to cut through to get to what the real team that we're looking at is? I do think that we're looking at a decent to good hockey team that is certainly better than we thought. Like that is far and away what we. In- sorry, I'm sorry. Let me let me stop you there. They're better than you thought. You thought I knew yes. they were this good all along. I've been saying but that I think since majority the of the fan base was on my side. Correct. So Correct. That's but if you listen to Orange and Backcheck, like you are right now, you <laughs> you would have known, like, oh man, so, they've been right the whole time. So my question is, at what point do we truly start to worry about the power play? Because they've gotten better. It's gotten better. But and I know you don't like it. I'm very hesitant to 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 lean on it. The analytics literally show if they were better at the power play by ten or fifteen percentage points they would be an exceptionally good hockey team like vegas carolina level good they are performing bottom of the barrel 10 percent on power play it's weird because they're despite they're in the middle of the pack for the penalty kill they're hovering at 80 percent right now they have five shorthanded goals including tonight against columbus so it's almost like what we suck at in the penalty kill or excuse me the power play we make up for in uh, the, the the penalty kill chances that we create by how we play the game. So I don't think it's a cause for concern yet. Well, let's just put it this way. It's, it's a cause for concern, but it's not time to panic yet. They, they converted two power plays against Vegas yesterday. So that's a big plus in, in the right direction. Granted, guys are in the right spot at the right time. They got some good bounces. We need that. I think that they are still trying to figure out what they need to do on the power play and who's going to be doing it. I think the biggest key I saw yesterday when they were playing when they were playing Vegas is that a lot of the offense was drawing from the point, not from the half wall. So the Flyers have a habit of they like running the umbrella power play, which is basically it's more concentrated where you're having it on the half wall. If you have more of it towards your defenseman, you're blasting it from the point. You have chances for tips down low, you know, caroms, deflections, all that stuff, as long as you get it through the net. The Flyers used to run that power play back in the day when they had like Kimo Tiemann in and they had Braden Coburn and Chris Pronger because you had a lot of offense back there. But now they've kind of handed the keys off, I saw yesterday, to kind of to Travis Sandheim, which I really like because you could see that, A, Vegas wasn't prepared for that, and, and B, it adds a different dynamic because then you can switch back and forth where if one's not working, you can go to another one. I really think that that's still developing and they're trying to do new things there, but it's more important to remember the build up from the back to the front. So you have your goaltending, obviously. You focus on your defense. You focus on your team defense. It's a lot easier to win closer games when you're not giving up goals rather than scoring a lot of them. So really, you just need a chance the other way and get off the rush, and you have an opportunity. I think that that's a really key thing for people to understand about the power play is that it is a work in progress. It will be a work in progress all season until they find something that works. And it's not like they haven't been moving the puck well, but they haven't getting the puck in the net. Or on the net. Like, they haven't taken – they've been too, getting – I don't want to say getting too cute with the puck. They, there's, been, there's been moments where they're trying to do the backhand pass or the drop pass, something along those lines, instead of just playing simple, keep it simple, stupid, get the puck on net. This weekend, though, like you said, they were went, they scored two against Vegas. They scored a goal tonight on the power play against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's coming into form, but like you said earlier – around the holiday season when it's still not performing to what we expect red flags start to wave, but they're kind of balancing it out by their 
pretty exceptional performance on the pe- penalty kill, despite being a middle of the pack team. They're scoring shorthanded goals. I mean, they're they're 29th in the league on power play right now. Yeah, it's like bad. you know they are. I mean the. I mean, it's not like you're the Devils where, you know, you're they're at 39% of the power play. The Rangers are 33.3%. So, like, I mean, one more, the Devils are scoring more than one, you know, almost essentially like one and less than one at every three. And the Rangers are scoring literally 33.3%. Every third power play, they're scoring a goal. But they also have a lot different talent. They have a lot more offensive talent than the Flyers do, obviously. But the key difference is, is that, the Flyers are playing a style right now, which you can appreciate more because, and, and here's why, because I'm not too concerned about the power play because you can have an offensive juggernaut like Toronto. And then when it really matters, if you're not getting the power of power play, it doesn't mean anything. I really like the Flyers have changed their five on five and really been scoring a lot of five on five goals this year. They've been winning games playing five on five. They're on power one of the play. best five on five. I think they're top 10 in goals expected based on, again, analytics, whatever, take that for what it's worth, but they're top 10 in that category. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's a good thing. Absolutely. And, and you need that because last year and the year before they were struggling five on five to even generate offense. Now that you're seeing that and Torch has said in the past, he wants to see this team score more goals. That that's, that's how you do it. You, you solidify your defense, making sure you're blocking shots and then making sure the other team aren't getting shots to the net. And then you take your opportunities and you go five on five with it. If you have a chance in the power play, look, I know power play is a real strategic part of the game, but it's also a bonus. Like if you get one, like it really is because five on five is where 95% of the game is played at. So this team needed to improve five on five. They have. And I think that instead of focusing so much on the power play, not doing so much, look at how well they're playing without the power play. And like you said, imagine if the power play does get better, which it will, it will down the line, it will improve. But right now, just just remember that they don't need the power play to win games right now. And I think that that's something that instead of saying, oh, the power play looks bad, they don't need the power play to win games right now. And that bill, you can't ask for more than that. It, it definitely, like you said, I think seeing it, trying to word it or um, see it as a as a bonus right now is how they should be looking at it. But playoff teams capitalize on those bonuses like that's that's the difference that's what sets you apart from carolina to what you are right now which is a uh playoff contender potentially like that carolina is playing for the cup flyers are playing for playoff spots and seeing what they get at seeding first wild card second wild card again go back to our episode in the off season for the love of god go back to the one through eight seeding but that's not here nor there I think what is really exceptional, and to your point about like they're just getting shots on net, is the performances by the guys like Travis Konechny, Owen Tippett. Obviously, is the big name that like is getting all the love. We talked about him last week. Travis Sanheim continues to just absolutely show that he is the guy now, filling in for the guy they went up against tonight in Ivan Provorov. A lot of people, including myself, were like, yeah, but who's going to fill in these minutes that is being left there on the ice by the trading of Ivan Provorov? Sanheim has 14 points on the season, logging more minutes than anyone. He had 24-plus minutes today, uh, tonight against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just an absolute war dog. And he's not making dumb mistakes anymore, at least blatant ones. He's uh, every once in a while. But it's not a game killer. 
And that's what we're trying to avoid and what we actually were dealing with Ivan Provorov towards the end of his tenure here. I think we're undervaluing Travis Sanheim and he's overshadowed like my point last week where we talked about his contract for a brief moment. So, and I know you have a major take that you want to get off your chest and we'll get to that in a minute. But Travis Sanheim, what do you see from him this year to, compared to last year? Truly, like I, I, I think it's just him finally gaining the trust of, uh, of Torts and letting him and not having that uh, as much pressure on him as he did in years past. So the biggest difference I see with Travis Sanheim this year, because I do, you mentioned, you just mentioned Konechny. I don't know if it was a Freudian slip or not, but I think there's the difference between both, honestly. So I'm glad you brought Konechny up. With Sanheim, what I'm saying is that they're letting him, there's nobody over top of him. Like, he has to be that guy. Came in and knowing the season, like, okay, I'm on an eight-year deal. Yeah, they tried to trade me, they didn't. But now I got to come in and I got to show my salt and show my worth. I think there's two things. First of all, it'll never be admitted publicly. But any player that is saying that we're hearing reports that they're about to be traded kind of blows a little fire up your ass. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, you know, like, hey, look, you know, think about it for your job. You know, I heard rumblings like, man, if this doesn't get done. I could probably lose my job. Like, get you going. You know what I mean? Like, get you determined. Get you going. Like, once you people who want to be successful don't cower under that pressure, they 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 find a way to get it done. And I think it's what Sanheim did. And, you know, this year with him having to, you know, him coming into camp much better shape and prepared and a different mentality, knowing that I'm here, I'm the guy, I got to be playing. He's got to be that anchor. And look, it's not like Travis Sanheim was some sort of just, you know, late round pick or anything. I mean, Travis Sanheim was a first round pick in 2014. So, I mean, it, he's, he's had the, he has the pedigree. So, now you're having it where you don't have Provov over top of you, the next greatest thing that never came to be. Now you have a guy like Travis Sanheim, who, I, like, look, looking at this stat, it just, it's ridiculous. How much time on ice do you think he's averaging per night? Got to be 23, 24 minutes at this point. 26 minutes and two seconds average time on ice. That's almost half the game. So you're relying heavy on him. So getting a lot of those minutes, too, will help you because you get more of a repetition. Like, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to get beat. He's going to get dangled. Things are going to happen. That's fine. You don't expect him to be a top-tier number one defenseman. But he's answered the call so far. And he's been coached well, obviously. And I've seen a progression in his game because it's confidence and the ability to let him play his game. So that's a big thing. He's He, he knows what he has to do. He knows his assignment. He knows his role out there. Let's flip over to Connecty. I think Konechny's progress has even continued from last season because he's actually getting to the dirty areas on the ice and he's taking more of a mentality that he needs to shoot the puck more like the no disrespect to Jake Voracek when I bring up that name right there. But I'm saying is that, you know, fans always griped about how Jake would always pass, 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 pass. He would never, never had to take the shot. He shoots when he passes, pass when he should shoot. Like Jake had some times of that where he would kind of overthink it a little bit. I think that Konechny has simplified his game, and a big part of that is Briere last season working with Konechny to being able to play towards the middle parts and the, high, the hard parts of the ice, which really elevated his game. Because look, you you start to see a little bit of 
Danny Briere in him a little bit, don't you? Smaller guy, statue. Grittier doesn't have the speed like he did, like Briere did, but he he's shooting the puck more. And I think that with Konechny being able to go over the difficult areas of the ice and being a play driver alongside of a guy like Couturier who can make some good plays with you, it's opened him up a lot more. As we said before, that you know when you have a strong center playing with you, your game becomes better. Now, think of how well Trinekny played last year. Now he's got Couturier back. Like that's There's a lot going on there with his game that he's just doing very well. And I think both Travises have, have come a long way. And this isn't me just saying this because they're on a five-game win streak. Like There's a reason they're on a five-game win streak, and it's because these players are playing that well. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And, and the only guy that was missing over these last couple of games – was Carter Hart, and he had a very uh, exceptional uh, pass, no pun intended, for why he uh, was missing <laughs> some games. So we'll get to him. We'll get to the, the your uh, the person that should be uh, getting a little bit more credit for what they did for this team as we were seeing it perform on the ice. But first, as always, this episode of Orange Back, Back Check is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and Raycon. Listen, we know what time of year it is. Thanksgiving's coming up. That means Black Friday's right around the corner. It's never too early to start about what you're thinking about for that person in your life for the holiday shopping season. Why not take care of it now? You still can do it before the crowds and the packed calendars and make shopping a total nightmare. Avoid all that, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday you can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You heard me talk about Raycon products before. I use all of their headphones for podcasting, listening to podcasts, working out. They have a headphone for everything you need. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like Everyday Earbuds. That's what I'm talking about. Known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear. There's no guessing if this thing is going to fit in your ear. It will have a perfect fit. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of the Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Oh my God, the they are five star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type C devices eight times faster with the 100 watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your home in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must have for ensuring the water you have is the freshest for in the cleanest for whether you're brushing your teeth, washing your face, or just using it to drink. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews, and I've given them five-star reviews myself. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. Beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now, buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And of course, we are also brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook. I had a pretty good week this week uh, when it came to college football and NFL football. 
Ironically, Johnny Gaudreau screwed me over tonight. I took him on the uh, on the shots on net and only, only had two, and he was set at two and a half. So I'm looking ahead. Buffalo is a three and a half point underdog to Philadelphia for the big matchup next weekend. Uh, Philly, obviously, uh, going into Arrowhead in Kansas City this coming tomorrow night on Monday night. If you're listening, then you can bet on them uh, to cover that. That. Download the app now and use promo code, promo code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, only DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 46 Seven three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty eight hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey. For eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources, NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Uh, Man, Carter Hart missed out on some big events, uh, big games, I should say, uh, but he bounced back. uh, A lot of speculation after that lower back injury. Suddenly he was ill and couldn't make uh, the last two games of the West Coast trip uh, against the... uh, Anaheim and Los Angeles, but he bounced back and he blamed it on bad food, bad fish. Yeah. Remember you were worried about it last week. And what did I, I say? Was, I thought it was, I thought it was something they were trying to hide. Cause they, it, this, that's not something that uh, has not uh, been an issue here uh, in Philadelphia. So you never know, especially when we're talking about something like the back, the back could be a fickle thing. It could be very tough. I mean, I'm, I'm in my thirties. Now the back is always causing me issues. So, um, always, always a scary situation, but, uh, all he had was the shits. All he had was, uh, some bad poops. Yep. And it, he lost some weight too, apparently. So, uh, you know, you know, the severity of it, that happens, so you can't keep anything down. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as I said last week, I was probably what the case was. They wouldn't have made him made the trip if his back wasn't healed or had any kind of injury going on. They wouldn't have done that. So, um, yeah, my belief is that, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's good for some. I mean, good that he's back. He's played very well. Um, he played very yeah, well. Yeah, I actually against- I wanted to. Uh, so Carter Hart now this season he's six three and zero on the season. A two four G, uh, two forty goals against average, nine one nine save percentage, and that includes the shutout earlier this season. He's already three wins away. Ironically, we talked about uh, the tragic passing of Roman Czechmonic last week. He's only three wins away from passing Roman for fifth all time. In goalies, uh, Flyers history for wins and 10 wins away from his 100th career win in the NHL. I mean, one, that tells you a lot about the state of the Flyers goalie situation for the entire career uh, franchise history. And two, it shows what you have in Carter Hart because we're talking about a guy that has been here since late 2019 and that's it. And you, again, like I said last week, he is part of your rebuild no matter what you may have thought uh, this past offseason. Like, he has to be a part of this rebuild. Yes, I completely agree with you. And I think that with Carter, he will continue to show his value as the season goes along. I mean, 
listen, Sam Merson played good tonight. Sam Merson has played well since he, you know, got his first uh, win of the season. He's rebounded. You, know, you got Cal Peterson in the wings who had had a really big win against um, um, against Los Angeles last week. You have you're okay with goaltending, but Carter's your guy. Like Sam's not ready to take over those reins. He's not, and even though he's a developing guy, it's kind of good you have a little bit of a younger guy because, look, Carter's got one more year in his contract, and then he's an RFA. You're gonna you're gonna likely try to sign him because the pad the the um, salary cap will go up. You have an opportunity to sign him long term, keep him around like the Phillies did Aaron Noel today. What would you do like if if you could sign him today? to the best possible deal for both sides. What do you think is a fair, just, I'm not talking about AAV, like years wise, just, just give me years. Like what is a, like, what do you think Carter's looking for uh, in terms of a deal? I imagine he's looking for more years than a big number. I, I don't know. I, I can't really speculate that at the moment. And here's why, um, because of the way the cap is going to go up in two years. I think you have to kind of wait and see what the market is for them. Like, what's the percentage of the cap? Or this is, is he your best player that we know you just want to get paid like Carey Price money? Does he want to get paid like Lundquist money? Does he want to get paid like uh, Andre Wesseleski money? Um, it depends because at the same time, the Flyers have to look and say, okay, well, you, you've won one playoff series since you've been here. You've had up and down seasons. Um, you know, they're going to look at it like that. Yeah, I think this is a setting up for depending on obviously what happens this season and really next i, I don't i don't think they're in a rush to get a deal done it'd be but be, especially because he's an rfa um but say over the next two years you get whether it's this year or next year another series win in the playoffs you go deep potentially depending on who comes over next year uh in cutter Gautier. um because obviously we're anticipating him who's just lighting boston up on fire mm-hmm. i don't know if you've been paying attention to him out there it's exciting time. Like I think there's a, uh, I think both sides understand the position they're in, um, whether that's Carter's heart, Carter Hart's fault or not. Obviously, you can't really blame him. Like what's been done around him is not his fault. Um, he had the weird season in following the COVID season, um, but and he really bounced back. Honestly, like that was uh, really one of the biggest question marks we had going forward. He bounced back miraculously. And like I said earlier, he's already uh, oh, 10 wins away from 100 career wins in the Flyers, orange and black. But I think there's I think this is set up for a three year deal again, three or four year deal. Another what they what we call bridge. And then you see what yeah, see yeah. where it is now, because you're going to be reading in our in UFA years. They're going to they're going to want a lot of money to turn away that kind of money. I mean, look at it. His coverage AAV is. 3.979 million. So, I mean, if I look at his contract right here, um, oh, actually, he's an RFA after this season. Excuse me. So, um, you're going to be looking at a minimum five a year. That's what Thatcher Demko is getting, but Thatcher Demko's got two years left on his deal, and he, but that's a value contract. So, I mean, there really isn't a great comparison at the moment because you, you kind of have to look at it and say, okay, who's got the track record like him? The only one I can really compare is probably Thatcher Demko. Um, that's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I I I be in the camp where he's not at Carey Price's level yet. He's not at Lundquist level yet. He's at like a he's an above average starting goaltender. Uh, That's how like, I would describe. Yeah, him. yeah, you know, like near top of the league. He's 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 an above average that has the 
potential to be an exceptional slash elite uh, that has shown elite talent, but he's not consistently elite just yet. Correct. I think I think that's a fair assumption and fair description of how Carter has played. I'm going to have to look up a couple things as far as like the positional breakdowns and kind of see as yeah. far as their goaltending goes. But I mean, if you rank it like on like, you know, for instance, like there's 11 million tied up for Florida and eight and eight point five. That's Bobrovsky, though. Like he's got, you know, that's and then you have Martin. Like So this is the way it works. The Flyers right now are. 22nd in the league and paying their goaltenders at 4.838 million. And that's because you have it, which is roughly 6% of their cap. The highest in the league is 13.4 and that's Florida. But the highest is up above that is, is Boston. They've got almost 10 million locked up and you got Calgary with, with Jacob Markstrom's big contract at 9.6% of their cap. And you got Winnipeg. Cause you just actually, if I'm going to say that, I'm glad I just said Winnipeg because I just I forgot about Connor Hellebuck getting that extension. So if you're looking at Connor Hellebuck, next year he's getting eight and a half mil. Oof. So that but that's an eight-year deal. That's an eight-year, what is it? Um that's an eight-year 30. Hang on a second. Eight-year, fifty-nine and a half million dollar cap hit. I don't know, man. I mean it's gonna be a lot of money. There's going to yeah, be a lot of money you, on the table. You're, you're pro- I'll tell you what, now that I'm looking into that, and just, you know, that's a, that's a real question. I wasn't prepared for that. And so I apologize to those listeners for stumbling there a little bit. But I think the biggest comparison would be for Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of on the same thing. I mean, his contract before, he was at a six year, $37 million contract. And he's, what, he'll be 30 years old this year. So you're going to eat away some of those years for UFA. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to look at an AV around that because you're gonna to have to stack it worse, you know. He can't go below fifty percent of the value of it. So you're gonna to have to like pay him like ten mil up front and then like by the end of the contract it's around five mil. But if you sign Carter Hart to an eight year deal right now, I mean, think about it this way. I look at him and his, his the money he's making right now at 3.979 and then you got Sam Erson at 1.45 the next 2 years. He's only 25 years old. You can kind of get him to an 8-year contract and he'll be 33. Not kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, 33 34. So you're just locking it up. I I I it's a lot. It's a lot, but that's that's the key. If you're going to keep Carter Hart, that youth better come through. And that guys like, you know, Cutter Gauthier are going to have to be big, impactful players in their first couple seasons because you're going to have to slash that. And then when it comes down to it, when it comes down to paying out some guys, you're going to have to make some very hard decisions. But hopefully that cap will go up to a point where 8.75 is a good value for a goaltender. So with, with all of this, these conversations about talent players on your roster now, you have a hot – it's not even a hot take. I don't think it's that crazy because I think it's very um, normal for this to happen. But I'll turn the floor to you. Give, give us – give the audience what, what, what you're thinking after, after this five-game win streak. And I'm not saying this because we're all on a high because they've won five in a row. This is, this is legitimately waiting the right time to bring this up. Who is – the best general manager in Flyers history. All time? All Probably. time. 
I well, whoever I don't even know who it was in seventy four, seventy five, and Keith Allen beyond. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll take that. You could argue Bobby Clark. You could. Uh, you could. But you'd be wrong. Um, you'd be yeah. absolutely wrong if you thought Bobby Clark was the best GM of all time in the Flyers. Yeah. The people, I think there's some uh, Bobby Clark lovers that will say that. Um, Why? You know, let me ask you this. Why would you think that Bobby Clark would be the best? So I, I do not think he is. I, 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 cert- like, I just think he like was a part of an era, the Legion of Doom. That whole that whole era of Flyers hockey that people manifested and loved, um, I think because of that, it's all about association. Like that's really what it is. Like what, uh, like it's just one what Danny Briere is a part of right now. He is responsible for, like, and Keith Jones is how you're whether he drafted these players or not. This is who he's responsible for to getting you to the Stanley Cup. That's that and. They were close several times under Clark. So, including 90, 97, if I'm not mistaken. 97, and- they went there once. They've only... Okay, so I would say this. It, it, it's time to start giving Chuck Fletcher some credit here because I'm not saying he's the best, but Chuck Fletcher has really set up this team well for the future. And I'm, there was a reason I'm bringing his name up. I know you love him. But the, I want you to think back. Who made the trade for... Mark Recchi, the first time. Who made the trade for Mark Recchi from Pittsburgh? Traded Shell Samuelson, Rick Tockett, and Kenny Reggett for Brian Benning and Mark Recchi at a 92 first-round pick. Russ Farwell. Okay. Who orchestrated the Lindros trade? Farwell, wasn't it? Russ Farwell. Yes. Okay. Who did the Flyers acquire for uh, uh, Gary Galley? Who, who traded for Gary Galley? Gary Galley is an undernamed defensive, but older people will probably know who he is. Gary Galley, Russ Farwell. Who traded for Kevin Deneen, Rod Brindamore, Dan Quinn, Steve Duchesne, first time, Yari Curry, and Dave Brown? Yeah, it was, it was Russ Farwell. All Russ Farwell, okay? All I see Russ where Farwell. you're getting at. Okay. I, I do see where you're getting at. Who drafted Here's Peter the- Forsberg? That's fine. Here's the problem with your argument. You haven't even gotten my argument yet. I know, but I, I, what Chuck Fletcher did, and if we're gonna go this far, because there is an there's a weaving of several two general manager legion le, uh, leaderships in this Flyers organization right now, Ron Hextall and Chuck Fletcher. They were decent at evaluating talent. They were terrible, ironically. It's honestly, as a Penn State fan myself, I went there. They are great at recruiting talent. They have no idea how to execute it on the ice. They had bad head coaching hires in uh, AV that came crashing and burning. Uh, obviously, Laviolette under, uh, for a couple years there, uh, he was on his way out. Couldn't find the guy until you got AV. If you... You can draft all the talent in your world. I don't think anyone had a problem with the talent that they drafted. The execution on the ice was where they faltered. They didn't surround them with the proper, whether it was coaching or other players, that was their problem. And that's why they're not here anymore. Like truly, that in Ron Hextall's case, he left your best prospective goalie in the minor leagues entirely too long. 
And that was the first thing we saw, ironically, of Chuck Fletcher. He immediately called up Carter Hart and said, we got to give him a shot. And he did. And they haven't looked back since. Well, okay. So here's the key. Yes. I'm not arguing Hextel. Hextel had his issues. Okay. But let, let, let's look at the let's look at the pipeline. Okay. If you want to go back to 2014, who's the who's the best defenseman on the Flyers today? It's Travis Anheim. Yeah. Okay. And who drafted him? 2014. Ron Hextel. That's Ron Hextel. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh who drafted uh Sam who drafted uh Travis Connecting? That's Sanheim. Or I'm sorry, that, uh, that, uh, yeah, that's uh who drafted Ivan Pro Rob. Hextall. Mm-hmm. Who drafted Ivan Fedotov? But these were strong. Uh, first off, Fedotov. Is, I'm just throwing it out there because yeah. everybody likes talking about him. But it, Hart, th- okay. those were that was also a change in what we were used to in the draft prospect because they took what Ron Hextall did compared to Bobby Clark's of the world and and and, and Paul Holmgren was they took the best player available. Those players, for the most part were the consensus at the point in their draft top-tier talent. You could exchange who was, like, at, at where they were drafting because a lot of times they were drafting in the teens, lower 20s. Uh, like, that is where they just said, he's the best player available. We're taking him. We're not uh, going to gonna hesitate about this. We're not going to fill for need. We're going to just p- fill for best player available. That was a change in concept and mindset that the Flyers had not had in a long, long time. And that's where it was good for Hextall. Hextall did good. Fletcher did some good. But again, they did not execute it and develop them properly. Yeah, okay, that's but, the difference. But here, here's, here's, you're missing my whole point is that, you know, what people will realize is this team starts to play better. And as they start to grow and they start, he was in, Fletcher was in on hiring John Totorella. Rather or not, the reports are saying he wanted to or not. He was in on hiring Tortorella, okay? Number two, let's look at the pipeline that he established to players before uh, before he in the past couple of years. Let's make a couple points here that Noah Cates is a Hextall draft pick. Morgan Frost is a Hextall draft pick. Um, and, and Sam Merson is, is, a, is a Hextall draft pick. But let's look at some of the bigger names that we're seeing. Isn't so, Sandstrom too? I think all three. A Sandstrom, yes. Sandstrom actually yeah. as a second rounder back in 2015, a third rounder in 2015. Excuse me. Yes, 2019. Let's look at let's look at Chuck Fletcher's. Let's say 2019, the first draft. Okay, first draft. Cam York, Bobby Brink, Ronnie Adderd. Those are your first three picks. Okay, those are those are those are guys they're counting on in the future. 2020, Tyson Farster, Emil Andre, Zade Winston, Elliot Denoye. And even though that Denoye, so even though he's in the minors and so is Zade Winston, they 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 they're thinking these guys are pieces. 2021. Okay. Uh Alexei Kolosov, third round goaltender, because they didn't have a first round pick in 21. Now let's skip year, go to 2022. Cutter Gauthier, top of the list. Look, look at the town there. Now I can't say speak for more of the, the picks that they had there, like you know, like you know, Devin Kaplan, Alex Baum, Hunter McDonald in 2022. And I see the, where you're going with this. I, I don't disagree with what you're doing. The problem is they're also unknowns. It's very early to call what, what we have in Cutter Gauthier. Obviously, Mishkov, we have no idea what we have. 
We've seen but the that's highlight. This year's draft. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it all at once. Like, like if 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 Briere is fired prior to the uh, coming over or the 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 uh, welcoming of Mishkov in 2026, 2027, hopefully earlier, obviously. But let's say something happens and Briere is let go. He will be, people like us will remember Mishkov as a Briere draft pick. But the execution and development of him will be the responsibility of the coach at the time and the next GM at the time. That is the problem. I don't, I do think we're getting to a point where if they continue to develop and get better as they are, Fletcher will be like the Ed Wade of the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, thank you. Thank you for summarizing that. That's where you the, were going. That's 100% where I was going. That And the, that's not he, a wrong thing. No, no. And I think there were people knocked at Chuck Fletcher as a bad GM. You have to look at what your strengths are. Chuck Fletcher's not great at building a team, at building an NHL team, but he can he can amass young talent. He was not good at executing the high risk or low risk and evaluating what was risky, what was worth it. Was it worth it to throw all your chips at Johnny Gaudreau? Obviously, he thought, no, that's up for debate. I don't think, I mean, it's not up for debate anymore, but like at the time it was. Mm-hmm. that Those situations where it didn't seem like he had a vesting interest and even entertaining that kind of those risks is what cost him his job. Mm-hmm. Like that's true. That's what it came down to. He drafted all the talent in the world. He could have used that talent to develop what we have in like to use them as trade pieces, whether that was right or wrong or not. That's up to, to me to be seen. He didn't have the wherewithal to just make executive executive moves. And that's what annoyed Flyers fans. What what that is where the underlying differences in this team are. I anticipate this off this upcoming offseason, no matter where they land in in whether they just miss the playoffs, first round exit, whatever. Jonesy and Briere are not going to sit on their hands, and that's what cost Fletcher his job. He just he didn't even restock the cut. Well, he did. He restocked the cupboards in draft mm-hmm. picks, but he just. The reason people were annoyed by the eight-year contract by Travis Sanheim wasn't the eight years. It was just because you could have just, like, it could have been a guy that was a part of a losing culture. And in hindsight, it's working out for you. Not saying it's not. It is working out. Like, we just talked about it 10 minutes ago. The problem is, at the time... People wanted change in the Flyers organization, and Fletcher just kept going into the well that he knew best. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in sports, you have to go outside the well of and take a hue and take a risk. And he thought if he didn't take a risk, he had a career or job security, and it ironically cost him his job. Yeah, and and and, and along with other things, obviously. Yeah. But that's that's the difference. Like what. The different in like I said, the biggest, the best comparison that Ed uh, that Fletcher will have is he will be the Ed Wade of the Philadelphia Flyers because he drafted all his talent. Jimmy Rollins, um, Pat, uh, I don't know if it was Pepper. No, no, but, it was, uh, Chase Utley, Chase Utley, yeah, Cole Hamels, Howard, those players. Yep, all of them translate over to someone in the current Flyers organization, whether that's Sanheim, whether that is Carter Hart. 
whether that is uh, uh, Cutter Grotier in a couple of years, whatever. Even Mishkov, again, under Briere, we don't know where he, he'll be in three years. We hope he's still here. Because if he's not here in three years, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong, and we're back to square fucking run at one again. I digress. That is the difference. That is where, because it's so, it's also still unknown. Because they, despite them now telling us that they're rebuilding, they're a good team that's rebuilding. And again, it's a very unique situation that no, they find no, themselves in. No, no, I don't in, agree so. with that at all. Actually, I think that you can be a rebuilding team and at the same time also be a good team because you have a lot of young talent. Remember, today's game is about speed. It's about youth. And you have a lot of youth and speed on your team now. Now you just need to get them skilled and experienced. That's what you need to do. I mean, there's always roster turnover, and there's a lot of turnover in a couple of seasons. Like, let's put it this way, and, and we'll close out on this. Let's fast forward six years. It's now 2029. So we'll say June. Okay. Something wonderful has happened. They're lifting the cup. Is Chuck Fletcher invited to the parade? Oh, probably not. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not If Danny Briere's not there or Keith Jones, they're no, not no, going no. to the parade. This, the regime now that's here now is there in six years. Do they invite Chuck Fletcher to say, thank you for giving us this talent that we now converted into a sailing? I mean, theater? it's obviously not. no, not six years from now. I mean, okay, let's just, let's just, uh, it, it, this is, this is, this is such a ridiculous hypothetical question. It's you can't you can barely answer, but this is how I would answer it. It'd be like one of those honorary things where, like, you know, honorary. Well, no, 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 no. Like, I think the Eagles did it. Where like a guy, someone got a ring, even though they weren't on the team. Oh, John Doran. Yes, thank you. Got a ring. Yeah, that's the kind of situation would probably be like that. I mean, listen, if your name, if you weren't there on the team that season, you're, you're not getting any invite to the parade or anything like that. You might get a phone call from Chuck and then say, hey, Chuck, thank you very much. Like, hey, congratulations. You know, no, he ain't going to be there. But, you know, you do like a whole situation where you get like a John Doerr must do like, hey, you know what? You were part of this team for so long and, you know, this and here, here's your ring. You know, so I I, I don't even think that would happen. You wouldn't get a ring like that. But I just but my whole point was this is that you you can't stand Chuck Fletcher. And I think that sometimes and I don't like a lot of Flyers fans and I get why they don't, because, you know, he had no results in the NHL level for a long time. It was a bad and bad group of leadership under Dave Scott, Val Camillo and Chuck Fletcher. And now you've purged that and starting fresh. The, the big key is, though, is that let's not ignore what Chuck Fletcher did for this club to set it up for the future. They look. And if you really want to take a step back. And kind of look at his overall picture as a whole. He screwed up with the, the Vigneault hiring. Because Vigneault decided just to change the way they played in the bubble. And never got back to it. They played a boring style hockey. And by the time they trade, make the, 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 the cut him loose, it was too late. You had Mike Yo in there. His for his guy. Mike Yo was saying about bad habits. And you know what I mean? You know, Scotty Bowman couldn't coach this team. Well, well guess what? John Tortorella came in and took. A lot of the same players, and, and almost the exact, and same. not all the like, same, because you didn't have Giroux, you don't have Provorov, yeah. you don't have Kevin Hayes. You added in some youth, but for for Mike Yo to say Scotty Bowman couldn't fix this team, well, guess what? John Tortorella came in and, and did it, and by establishing a culture and doing that, that's where Chuck was wrong. 
at the NHL because Chuck did not establish the culture. He did not rebuild the culture that had been gone for so long because he was a part of it. Now, with Keith Jones, um, what the what's the new CEO's name? I forget his name already. Uh, the oh Dan, yeah Dan, Dan Hilferty. Uh, Dan Hilferty. You got Danny Briere, Philly guys, Flyers. They get it. Yeah, Local. they were ingrained in the culture of the Flyers for forever as players, some sort of execs, uh, associated whatever the, the phrase is. Yeah, think about where you work. If your leadership stinks and your leadership does not have a good culture in where you work, you probably hate your friggin' job. Yeah, And if you true. have a good culture yeah. and you work with good people and people who just get it, regardless of what it is, what you do, what industry, I'm not even talking about that. People just get it. You know that culture is everything. You, you keep good people. People want to stay there. And the biggest example of that, and if you don't believe it, is look what happened across the street from the Flyers today. Look what happened across the street. Aaron Nola, free agency hasn't even started in baseball yet. And he re-upped and took less money to do that because he wants to be here in Philly. Because you know why? The Phillies have an awesome culture. Look at the Eagles. Eagles, all about culture. Sixers, Nick Nurse coming... Guess what? You get rid of somebody who is dragging down the culture, go with the young guys. And then again, it's not so much about youth. It's all about the culture. The culture is the biggest thing. Chuck Fletcher did not have a good culture with the Flyers. The leadership of the Flyers did not have a good culture. I'm going to say it one more time. They have the culture. And when you have a good culture, good things happen. Yeah. They do. So it, it and we're not it, the microcosm of that is this last five games. Like that's truly what it is. These, these winning culture of the last five games, it's setting up for hopefully not just success over one or two seasons, but prolonged success over the course of many seasons uh, under the Philadelphia Flyers banner. Similar to what we saw uh, through the late 90s and really throughout the mid 90s through the uh, early 2000s. Um, was some of the best Flyers hockey that we ever saw um, outside of 74-75. So, and bringing back a cup is all they're, they're trying to do. So that's going to do it. Episode 162 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Is the Flyers winning culture back? Let, let us know your thoughts. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff, Orange and Backcheck. And as always, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. DraftKings Sportsbook and Raycon use promo code THPN on both when signing up or when checking out to get your bonuses. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have fun out there. Culture. <laughs>